I want to preach a message to you this morning called get ready for battle. Yes. Yeah. Let's make it a little louder. I need that battle, battle drum. Somebody say, get ready, get ready, get ready. If you got a Bible, go to Exodus 13, verse 17. It's a year to battle for the faith. It's a year to battle for your family. It's a year to battle for joy in your heart. It's a year to battle for peace and clarity in your mind. It's a year to battle. And when I say battle, I mean contend for victory. Not to lose a battle, but to win a battle. In Exodus 13, verse 17, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, I hear, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, some of you have been trapped in a place for a long time. You've been stuck in a season for a long time. And you thought Pharaoh was the one who was going to let you go. It wasn't Pharaoh that let him go. It was God that brought him out. And there was millions of, of Jews, these Israelites, as they were leaving Egypt, they were marching together. They were a vast church, a vast congregation. They had drummers. They had trumpets. They had a band playing. Oh, when the saints go marching in, they were marching towards the promised land. As they were leaving Egypt, they were getting excited. They were ready to go towards the promised land. But I need the drums to stop. What do you do when the road you thought you were supposed to be on turns out to be a different road? It says God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country. God did not lead them on the main road, the road that made sense. Even though that was the shorter route. Look at that in verse 17. It was the shorter route. Any, any path towards success, there are no shortcuts towards success. There are no shortcuts towards the healthy you. There are no shortcuts towards the healthy family you're trying to build. If you want to have something great in your life, you're going to have to fight for it. It's going to take a lot longer than you think. It's going to be a lot harder than you imagine. But if you're willing to fight for it, if you're willing to go through the process, if you're willing to go into the rehab, if you're willing to fight for the victory, I'm telling you the glory of God will be revealed in your life. There are no shortcuts to the next level. God knew that if he took them on a shortcut path, he would shortcut their character. God can get you into the room. Favor can get you into the room, but character is what keeps you there. So God knew he had to develop. I want the drums to start going again. Yeah. The battle is going to look different than you imagined. It's a battle for your integrity. It's a battle for your character. It's a battle for your sustainability. It's not just a battle to accomplish your goals. It's a battle to become the best you that God's called you to be. So he says, instead of taking them down the shortest route to the promised land, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. If they're faced, if they encounter giants that they're not ready for, if they encounter armies that they're not prepared to fight, they might turn around and go back to their addictions, go back to their slavery, go back to their bondage. So God led them in a roundabout way. What I heard God say is that 2020 was the roundabout way. It was the preparation. It was the warm up. You thought 2020 was the hardest battle you faced. God said, I'm getting you ready for the war in 2021. This is a time for the church to rise up and get ready for battle. Somebody say, get ready, get ready, get ready.
So God led them through 2020, through the wild, through the wilderness, through the restrictions, through all of the shutdowns and the pandemic right next to the Red Sea so that the Israelites would be ready when they left Egypt as an army that's ready for battle. You know what I see when I look out at the church right now? I see an army that is ready for battle in 2021. Come on, reporting for duty, Officer Paul. So watch this, watch this. I want to skip down a little bit. And I want to go to verse 20. Mm. It says, after leaving Succoth, thank God that we left Succoth. How many are thankful that you're getting out of Succoth? You got to go through Succoth to get to success. Success starts with suck. Thank you, Jesus, that we left Succoth. And they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, in a pillar of fire to give them light. God is going ahead of you in 2021. He's going in front of you and behind you. God is preparing the way for you. Don't go anywhere without the presence of God. Don't go. Listen, I think some of the battles we put ourselves in is because we went places where God wouldn't go. Be careful, little feet, where you go this year. Every step matters. Every sermon matters. Every Sunday matters. Get into church every single week. If you want to get out of Succoth, get into church. If you want to get out of the what? Listen, I'm telling you, the presence of God is the most powerful, protected, provisional. It is the most, it's the most important place to be in 2021 is in church. It's going to help you. If you get in church, you get your kids in church, you get in the presence of God, you get in the word of God, you get into the, the, the worship, you get around the people of God, people of faith. I'm telling you, there's nothing you cannot accomplish when you invite God to get involved in your battle. And this is a battle year. This is not a coastal Christianity year. This is not a year to sit back and get on the Christian cruise ship and cruise and coast by. It's not a year to go into neutral. This is a year to put the pedal to the metal and fight for what you believe in, fight for what matters most. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. God was getting his people ready for the promised land. I want you to go to Jude chapter one. 1 verse 3. What are we fighting for? What is this battle that we're fighting for? I think some of you in the room, you're battling for debt freedom this year. How many are battling this year to have financial victory? You just need, you just need victory in your finances. Yeah, don't be ashamed of it. I, I, I know exactly how you feel. You just want to have a greater year financially. Come on, if that's you, raise your hand. That's not bad. You're not selfish. Because if you can have a greater year financially this year, you can be a more generous person. You can be a bigger blessing to your family. You can help provide a car for a single parent mom this year. You can help, a, you can help out a family that's in need. You can help out a boy or a girl to go, to, go on a mission trip, go to camp this year. The more you, you walk in victory, the more you can help other people walk in victory. Now, I think some of you are in a battle right now to break some bad habits in your life. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. You're saying, yeah, listen, the first part of the battle is admitting it. You're like, I don't have any bad habits. Denial. You cannot win a battle that you deny is happening in your life. How many need to break some bad habits? You are battling to get rid of some bad habits in your life. All right. Some of you in the room, you're battling for a relationship this year. You're battling for patience. 
waiting to get married. You're battling uh, 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 for the process this year. You're battling, uh, there's certain things that God's called you to do, dreams that he's put inside you. And in order to win that battle, you gotta recognize how to fight. You gotta recognize that there's weapons God's called us to use. There's things God's called us to, to access in his word. And so in Jude chapter one, verse three, uh, he says this, dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, Although I was excited to write to you about some happier things, I felt compelled to write and urge you to fight for the faith, contend, battle for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. I think the most important battle we face this year is a battle for faith. It's a battle for faith. So Lord, I pray God that you would teach us this morning how to, how to get ready for that battle of faith and how to win it this year and walk in victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Keys. Everybody said, get ready for battle. Over the Christmas break, our kids were battling each other almost every single day. We have three boys, one girl, and they are amazing. I love them. They're full of energy. They, they make sure that they get all of dad's attention and energy out of his body. By the end of the day, I'm ready to go to sleep after I lay them. Down. I'm falling asleep while I'm, while I'm laying down. Our soon to be, he turns seven years old tomorrow. Liam is on the front row. And then we got Benaya, who's five. Mac, who's two. I think we got a couple of pictures of them. And then Ellie, uh, who's one. And, and, and so all four of them during Christmas break, they're all you know, out of school and we're hanging out together and we're making memories together. I'm building projects for them, building toys for them um, that you know, Papa and Gigi gave to them. And it was, it was frustrating. It was testing my patience, but it was good for me. I built an engine for Liam. And so during the, the Christmas break, there was one day where Liam went over to Papa and Gigi's and he came back to the house and he had strictly warned Benaya and Mac, do not go into my room and do not take any of my toys. Well, they went into his room. They took some of his toys. And so Liam comes home and he goes, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And I'm walking with him. I said, what happened? He said, they got into my room, daddy. They got my toys, daddy. Where are they? And so we go into the toy room and there is Liam's dinosaur with the head pulled off. And Mac is sitting in the corner eating the dinosaur's head that he's ripped off of Liam's dinosaur. And Liam goes, oh, no, what are we going to do? And his marbles are missing. He goes, Daddy, I'm losing my marbles. My marbles are gone. He looks over in the other corner, and Ellie has his marbles. She's about to put one in her mouth. And I'm going, Ellie, stop. You know, Liam, Liam has a lot of drama. I don't know where he gets it from. I'm just kidding. I love, me and Liam are a lot alike. But in that moment, I said, Liam, it's going to be okay. He said, Daddy, why did they do this? I said, it's okay. We're going to forgive them, right? And so Liam forgave them. Give it up for Liam. This, this dude is an awesome, mighty man of God. And so Mac is a warrior. Mac is two years old, and he goes into rooms, and he just takes toys, and he eats them. He eats people's food. He just walks around. You know, he just flexes his muscles. Goes, oh, oh, oh. He grabs stuff. He comes in. He'll, he'll just wake up early in the morning and just come and punch me in the stomach. He is just a little fighter. And, and, and then there's sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night. Liam's, not Liam, Mac is in the kitchen. He's found a knife, and he's just standing there with a knife. And I'm like, in Jesus' name, I rebuke whatever's going on in there. <laughs> but Mac, he's ready for battle. And, and it's because he has two older brothers 
that, you know, that are tough and they're wrestling with them. And so Mac has to defend not only what's his, but what's theirs. He'll take it from them and he fights for it. And I heard God speaking to me during Christmas break as I was going into this new year and I was studying. I heard God say, get ready to fight as a church. Get ready to fight. Get ready for battle. The church has to wake up and realize if they are going to walk in victory, it's going to come with a battle. See, the word victory actually is connected to the word battle. You don't get victory without a battle. You don't walk in victory unless you're willing to fight a battle. Anything worth fighting for, anything worth having in your life is going to come with a battle. And my question for you is, are you ready to battle this year? Are you ready to fight for what God has called you to fight for? In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, there's all of this language about fighting and war and battle. He says, put on the full armor of God. Now, Paul was thinking like a soldier. A soldier would be dressed for battle. And in those days, they, they didn't have guns. They had swords. They had bow and arrow. I have a lot of weapons in my office, so don't mess with me. If you come to my office, you're on my turf. I have like a sword, a bow and arrow. But Paul was talking about getting dressed and getting ready for the fight that we're in spiritually. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. I'll tell you one thing that, that I recognize in 2020 is that the devil is after everything he can get from you. Just because you're a Christian, just because you're going to church does not mean you are exempt from the attacks and the schemes and the strategies of the enemy. In fact, he's got a target on you. He's got a target on your marriage. He's got a target on your six-year-old son. He's got a target on your 13-year-old daughter. And if you don't recognize the schemes that he's playing through the media, through the government, through the news, you're going to miss out on the victory God's called you to walk in this year. Make no mistake, we are in a battle, church. And Paul says, be strong in the Lord. Put on your armor. Don't go into 2021 without armor, without armor, without being dressed for battle. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our battle is not against the speaker of the house, not against the president, not against a governor, not against a mayor, not against your boss, not against uh, uh, some leader out there. No, our battle is spiritual. It is in the invisible realm. We are facing an invisible enemy, but we have a powerful God who has prepared us to win the battle spiritually. I'm telling you, people, people were talking last year. They were like, man, this is a scary year to be alive. This is a scary year to have kids. It's a scary time. I just almost don't even want to leave my house. That's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to self-isolate, quarantine Christianity, Stay in your homes. Don't get out there. Don't witness. Don't do outreach. Just stay inside. Not in my house. Not in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are contending for the faith. And the world needs to see a church that is full of faith. A scared world needs a faith-filled church. A scared city needs a faith-filled church. I'm telling you, you are that church. Turn to someone next to you and say, we are that church. 
So over Christmas break, our kids, they were watching the DVD of the Victory Christmas production, and they just watched it over and over and over. They watched it like 20 times. And uh, there's this one moment in the production that every time it would come around, my son Benaiah, he would walk over to me and say, Daddy, what's going on over here? <laughs> what's happening? And it was the moment in the production when these um, four ladies come out dressed up as like Bible warrior ladies. How many of y'all remember this part if you were here at the Christmas production? And they're like singing about kings and queens, sons and daughters. And uh, there's a picture of all four of them uh, from the Christmas production. And and Benaiah looked at him. He goes, who are these people? I've never heard about these Bible warrior ladies. I said, well, that's that's my bad. I've been preaching all about the Bible warrior men. But in the Bible, there were ladies who were fighting for the faith, who were fighting. I'm telling you, 2021 is going to be a year where Christian women rise up and fight for the faith. It is a year for Deborah's, Esther's. It is a year for ladies to rise up. And I'm telling you, God's putting women in positions of authority and leadership to rise up and be a voice that contends for the faith. So I was telling Benaiah, I said, these these were ladies in the Bible that God used. Like your mom, like God, come on, Ashley was just preaching up here just a few minutes ago. Sean was like, you should have just let Ashley preach. She could preach. But you know, God uses men and women, anyone who's willing to take a stand. And in, there, in, in this one moment in the production, one of the ladies, she said, you are not in a fight against people. You are in a fight against the spirit of darkness. And I'll tell you, that's, that's the fight you're in right now. The strife in your home, the inability to make a decision, the indecisiveness that you're feeling, the confusion that you've been battling with, the addiction that you keep going back to, the bad habits you can't break, the financial stress and anxiety, the fear about the future. You're not in a battle against your spouse. You're not in a battle with your parents or your roommate or your friends or your kids. You're in a battle with the spiritual force right above your head. And what I hear God saying is we've got to get ready for four battles this year. Number one, there is a battle for your mind. This is a, this is a year to ready your mind for battle, ready your mouth for battle, ready your morale for battle, ready your movement for battle. I want to talk about the mind for a moment. See, the battle is between the ears. If you're going to win this year, you're going to have to win in your mind. You're going to have to win in your thoughts. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So if you think defeated, you live defeated. If you think stressed, you live stressed. If we cannot control our thoughts, then we will continue to spiral out of control and not be able to win the battles that are going on in our lives. The real battle is in the mind. It's in the mind. The enemy sets up strongholds. This is why Paul says in Corinthians, the weapons we have are not carnal. They are powerful, able to tear down strongholds in the mind, able to demolish arguments in our mind. The enemy is lying to you. He is lying to you with the spirit of fear. He's lying to you with the spirit of failure, a spirit of shame, regret. You cannot win a battle if you're living in regret from last year. It's time to release the shame, the shoulda, coulda, woulda, and wake up and recognize the past is behind me. I'm forgetting those things that I cannot change, and I'm pressing forward towards what lies ahead of me. That's what Paul said. This one thing I do is I'm letting go of what I can't change. And I'm pressing forward towards what lies ahead. You have a purpose, but you're going to have to fight for your purpose. You're going to have to battle for your purpose. Get your mind ready. Look at Joshua chapter one. Joshua was getting ready to step into a new season and he needed some encouragement. He needed to hear from God. And so in Joshua chapter one, his leader, his mentor, 
really his spiritual father, Moses, was dying. And it says, after Moses died, the Lord spoke to Joshua and says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all of these people, get ready for battle. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give to them. What was God doing? He was getting Joshua's mind focused on what was next. Anytime you lose someone, the tendency is to hold on to the past. When I lost my father, all I could think about was the past memories. How's our church going to move forward without him? My mind was stuck in a depression, a sadness, wishing my dad was here. I needed to hear that scripture. Someone printed out Joshua chapter one, and they put my name where Joshua's name was, and they put Billy Joe's name where Moses was. Paul, your dad is gone. Now get ready to move forward. It was painful to hear because I wanted to hold on to the past, but you cannot carry your father's corpse with you everywhere you go. At some point, you have to let go and step into the purpose that God has for you. Some of us are carrying the corpse of 2020 into 2021. We're holding on to the old mistakes, the old receipts. We're saying, I, I just can't let go of what they did to me. I can't let go of what happened. I'm just, I'm, I'm mad at the government. They're not doing enough. The stimulus check is not enough. They're not being there for me. You're going to have to get rid of stinking thinking and excuses and complaining and murmuring and always trying to blame it on someone else. And you're going to have to take personal responsibility for personal victory this year. It is not the stimulus check's job for me to walk in victory this year. It's not the president's job for me to walk in victory this year. It's not the mayor's job for me to walk in victory this year. It is my personal responsibility. So this year I will rise up in faith and overcome all excuses, all complaining and all the blame game. And I will take responsibility to get up and go after the promised land. God was telling Joshua, Joshua, let it go. I know you're sad. I know he's not here, but 2020 is over. It's dead. And now it's time for you to rise up. Verse three, I will give you every place where you set your foot. Get your mind fixed on the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the protection of God, the provision of God. I will give you everywhere you set your foot. God was trying to tell Joshua, get out there and start taking ground. You know, I think in 2020, we were defending the right to be open, right? In 2020, when they started giving restrictions and telling the church, you're going to have to shut down and you're going to have to stop doing this. We were learning how to overcome it and defend the right and figure out creative ways to stay open, whether it was on the rooftop, the parking lot, the dream center. And we pressed through as a church. We defended it and we rose up. Come on, give yourself a hand that we, we, we pressed through 2020. But I hear God saying, now you've got to switch from defense to offense. It's no longer about defending the right for the church to be open. It's about taking ground for the kingdom of God. So I'm taking names this year and I'm kicking tail this year. I'm ready for battle. I don't want to just fight for victory's doors to be open. I want to fight for the kingdom of God to advance in our nation. I want to fight to change the strongholds that have been holding our nation back, not just for America, but for the world. And God's looking for men and women who are ready for battle. So God tells Joshua, get the people ready, get them ready. 
I'm going to give you territory in verse four and your territory, Paul, Daniel, John, Zach, Sean, whatever your name is, put it in there. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you, Sean, all the days of your life. As I was with Billy Joe, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, AJ, nor forsake you. So be strong, Jessica. Be courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them, but you're going to have to fight for it. The last two weeks, I woke up in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. I couldn't go back to sleep. It took me like 30 minutes to fall back asleep. And every time I woke up, I was wondering, you know, is one of the kids in our room? Did they find a knife in the kitchen again? Are they hiding? You know, scary. You know, is one of our dogs barking? But it was quiet. It was eerily quiet. Everyone was sleeping. But I could feel this impression on my heart. It wasn't an audible voice. It was just this impression on my heart. Pray, 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 Paul, pray, pray for your kids, pray for your church, pray for America, pray, pray for your marriage, pray for your family, pray. See, prayer is a weapon to fight against the enemy. When Paul said, put on the armor, he said, put on truth because you're going to have to fight against the lies of the enemy. Put on the breastplate of righteousness because you're going to have to fight against lies of shame and regret. Put on the shoes that are shod with the gospel of peace because you're going to have to fight against confusion, chaos, all kinds of crazy things going on. Take the shield of faith because you're going to need faith over fear. Get the sword of the spirit. But the final piece of it, the helmet of salvation, the final piece, he says, and pray, pray, pray. That's what Paul said in Ephesians 6. Pray on all occasions. Pray. If we're going to win the battle this year, we're going to have to pray. I want to challenge you in January to pray like you've never prayed before. Some of us in this room have never developed a personal prayer life. But if we're going to win the battle this year, we're going to have to get on our knees and pray. Pray. You could come to the prayer room every single day. It's open. Come in here and pray. Come to the church. Pray. Pray in your house. Worship. These are weapons of our warfare. Prayer. Worship. The word of God. In a day and age where people are leaving the word of God, searching for new ideas, new philosophies, new, new, new thoughts, saying the Bible's outdated. You came to an old-fashioned church with an old-fashioned preacher who just believes this word of God is enough for me and my family to walk in victory. I don't need to add anything to the Bible. I don't need to subtract anything from it. This word of God is life to my soul. It is bread. It is strength. It is sustainability. It is peace. It is joy. It is the vaccine that my soul needs to walk in victory. Don't forsake the word of God. It's a weapon. It's a weapon to win the war. Ready your mind. This is what God was telling Joshua. He says, be strong and courageous. So Joshua told the officers, number two, ready your mouth. The battle is going to be over your mouth. There's a battle over your words this year. Proverbs says that life and death are in the tongue. I want the keys to come out. Life and death are in the tongue. Life or death. You speak. You release things into the atmosphere. This is a year to speak life. 
If you're a sarcastic person, if you're someone who constantly says negative things, pessimistic things, the battle you have this year is to speak life. If you're someone who doesn't know how to speak life this year and you're trying to figure it out, get in the word of God and start circling scriptures and start speaking it out. Write the vision down and speak it out. You know, I think about how weathermen, they are shamelessly forecasting the future. And you know what I'm saying? Like the other night, one of our kids, they asked me, they said, how does the weather guy know that it's going to snow? And how does he know exactly when it's going to stop snowing? Because they'll be like around 2 p.m. It's going to stop snowing around 3 p.m. It's going to start snowing again around 4 p.m. It's going to be a little light flurries. I don't know why I'm doing this accent. Uh, like, do we have like a New Jersey, you know, uh, forecaster out there? <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love the Jersey accent. Uh, but, but these guys, they shamelessly forecast the future. And they get on TV and they prophesy what's going to happen. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Travis Meyer said it. It's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? These guys said it. Channel 2 says it. Channel, Channel 6 says it. We believe it. And it's time that we begin to forecast the future over what God wants to do. Joshua told the Israelites, get ready. In fact, in Joshua 3, verse 5, he said, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord is going to do amazing things among you. Tomorrow. Somebody say tomorrow. Joshua was forecasting the future. He was saying, I see great things are coming in 2021, but you're going to have to fight for it. Greater is going to come at a cost. A greater marriage comes at a cost. A greater family, greater health, greater peace, greater joy. And I wonder if sometimes our pride holds us back from going to the next level because we think, well, I've accomplished enough. I've, I've beat all the levels. I'm good, Paul. This is for someone else who's striving for more, but I'm not because I'm good. I've accom- I'm, I'm just coasting in neutral. I'm just going to have a cruise Christianity year. I'm just going to relax because I've already got all the scriptures memorized. I've, I know it all. I've figured it all out. But I hear God saying, lay your pride on the altar this year and prepare yourself for a new level of what God wants to do. We don't serve a backwards God. We don't serve a paralyzed God. We serve a God who wants to take us from glory to glory, from strength to strength. God never takes a generation as, as you know what? You guys have reached enough. With each one, he wants to do new miracles, new stories, He gets us ready for battle. He gets us ready. And listen, a battle is a blessing. A battle means God trusts you to be able to fight for his kingdom. If you're in a battle, it's because, listen, this year I started counting my battles as blessings because I recognized, oh, wow. Every time I win a battle, the reward for winning a battle is getting another battle. And if you get another battle, it's because God goes, he's got it. He's ready for the next one. She's ready to graduate to the next battle. God's looking for men and women who are willing and ready to fight. You're going to have to speak it. You're going to have to think it. Number three, you got to ready your morale. There's a battle for your morale. The word morale, it means your confidence, your encouragement. You can tell when a team loses their morale. If you've ever watched a sports game and, and a team uh, you know, starts getting behind and then they get more behind, you can tell when a team just gives up. They just stop even trying and they just let the other team just run them, run them down. Football games, they're no longer fun when, when, when a team gets up by three, four, five, six touchdowns. The other team just kind of like gives up. But God's looking for a group of people who are ready to stir up their morale, 
No matter how life has kicked you down, if there's breath in your lungs, God's not done with you. When David was feeling discouraged, when Joshua was feeling discouraged, they would stir up their morale. They would fight for it. They would encourage themselves in the Lord. They would hold on to the words that God had spoken to them. In Joshua chapter two, Joshua sent two spies to go and look over the land, to stir up the morale of his people. Cause he could tell they were, they were feeling kind of afraid. They were crossing into a new land. So Joshua said, I want you to go and hear what people are saying and see what our future looks like. Go and look. Without a vision, people perish. This is a year to get a vision. Part of winning the battle is getting a vision of victory. I want you to spy out what a debt-free life looks like. Spy out what a healthy home looks like. Spy out what a healthier you looks like. Spy out what spiritual maturity looks like. Joshua said, I want you to go and spy on our future. I want you to spy out what the produce looks like because God's about to change the menu. God's about to shift our appetite. We've been eating in the wilderness, but God's about to give us filet mignon. God's about to shift what we're eating. He's about to shift the homes we've been living in. Go spy out what your future looks like. Go spy out the future you. So when they went in, they started hearing rumors. People started talking about how afraid they were that the Israelites had showed up. At the end of chapter two, they, they went into a home uh, of a woman named Rahab. She was a prostitute. I'm so glad that God partners with anyone and everyone who's willing to open the door to let God come into their home. See, Rahab, she was a prostitute, but when she opened the door to God's guys to come into her house and to prepare for what God was about to do, her house was completely saved, healed, and restored. No matter how bad your past looks like, if you open the door for God to come in, I'm telling you, he can renew you. He can redeem you. He can give you a new life. He can save your whole family. Rahab's, I wonder what God wants to hide in your house this year. I believe he wants to hide his word in your house. I believe he wants to hide his presence in your house. He wants to renew you. So then they came back to Joshua and they said, the future is ours. It's ripe for the plucking. Carpe diem. It's time to seize the day. Everyone's melting in fear because God has showed up for us. So in chapter three, the morale was stirring. Number four, ready your movement. There's a battle for your movement this year. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim. Come on, you got to get out of Shittim in Jesus' name. <laughs> we're getting out of Sucketh and we're getting out of Shittim. Hey, it's in the Bible. Don't email me. Email the Bible. It says it right there. S-H-I-T-T-I-M. So they got out of Shittim and they went into the Jordan. And, and they camped before crossing over. Some of us need to move out of the shame that we've been sitting in. We need to move out of the lazy lifestyle that we've accepted. Well, Paul, just, you know, I just... 2020 just took a toll on me and I just kind of stopped reading my Bible, stopped praying, stopped, stopped contending for my dreams, stopped writing that book. I stopped working on those, those goals. And I, I don't even know if I want to restart again. And God's saying, you're going to have to battle for your movement this year. You're going to have to battle. You don't get stronger if you don't go to the gym. You don't get stronger if you don't get out there and run. If you don't get out there and do the work that God's called you to do. 
You got to get out of that place. So as they got out, Joshua said, get ready. As we cross over, we're crossing over into a new season. Look at this in chapter four, verse 12. As the men of Reuben, Gad, and half tribe of Manasseh crossed over the Jordan, they crossed over ready for battle. I love that right there. Ready for battle. In front of the Israelites, as Moses had directed them, 40,000 armed soldiers ready for battle crossed over before the Lord in front of Jericho. They camped out right in front of their enemies. Talk about an audacious move. They didn't camp out miles away from Jericho. They camped out right in front of the walls. I hear God saying, you got to move closer towards your giants. You got to move closer towards your victory. What is the Jericho for you this year? What is the wall that stands between you and your promise? Is it addiction? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it impatience? What is it that stands between you and Jericho? Those guys got right next to the wall. They needed to see what God was about to do, and they needed to see it closely. It's time to move closer. Somebody say, move closer. As they were camped out in front of the place, it says right there, look at this in verse 18, no, verse 19, on the 10th day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and they camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. I talked about this last week, how these guys, they had gotten 12 stones out of the river. And these stones represented what God had done. Look what, what, what Joshua says next in verse 21. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your kids ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Verse 22, tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had all crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. Our kids need to hear our stories. Last night I was laying down with Liam as he was going to sleep and we were talking. He said, Daddy, this is my final last two days of being a six-year-old. I'm about to turn seven on January 4th. I said, that's right, Liam. I said, how do you feel like this year went? He said, it was a good year. He said, I'm kind of sad to leave it behind. I said, what happened this year? He said, you tell me, Daddy, what did happen this year? I said, well, the virus came. He said, that's right. The virus came and we had to go home. I said, that's right. And, and mommy and I homeschooled you. He said, that's right. You homeschooled me. I said, yeah. And you also got up on the rooftop. That's right. We were up on the rooftop, daddy. You were preaching. Why were we out on the rooftop, by the way? Well, they told us we couldn't meet inside. So we found a way to meet still as a church outside in our cars in the parking lot. That's right, daddy. And we also passed out groceries to people who needed help. That's right, Liam. That's right. We didn't know how we were going to get the groceries because we ran out the first week. We gave away all the groceries we had. But when we met in the parking lot, people started giving and the offering and we bought more groceries. And we didn't know what was going to happen after March because we were closed again in April. We had to do Easter out in the parking lot, but people got saved. People got healed. What was meant to sink us became a stepping stone towards our destiny. This was a year 
of miracles. This was a year. See, God had to lead us through a roundabout way to get us ready for battle. God had to lead us so he could give us stories of our own. Our parents had stories. Billy Joe and, and Sharon had stories, but God needed Paul and Ashley to have some stories. God needed Liam to have some stories so that when they face another battle, they can look back at the stones and say, what did these stones mean? They represent the goodness of God, the provision of God, the grace of God, the supernatural work of God. What should have ended the church propelled the church into the future. So Joshua got the people ready. And in chapter five, when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, their hearts melted in fear and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. When you get up out of bed and you start praying and you start worshiping and you show up to church, by the way, you got perfect attendance right now in 2020. When you show up to church and you worship and you pray, the demons melt in fear. The enemy knows they are not more powerful than a church that's on their feet, ready for battle. When the church shows up, the enemy melts in fear. Who's the enemy? It's the spirit of darkness. It's not a person. It's not an establishment here on earth. It is a spiritual war going on over our heads. But I'm telling you, we are not fighting for a victory. We are fighting from a victory. The battle belongs to the Lord. I'm going to see a victory in 2021. How about you? So here they are. They're stirred with momentum. They're excited. They got courage. Woo! Yes! Let's go, Joshua. Let's go. We are ready for this. I can just see it. I can see their excitement. I can see them jumping, looking at the stones, looking at Jericho. They're ready for it, right? They've been doing jump rope. They've been doing what Rocky does, getting ready for battle. They're like, let's do this. And then in verse two, at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the adult men again. What? <laughs> I just, I hear like a DJ going, wah, wah, you know, like doing something like, what just happened? We had momentum. So Joshua made flint knives and he circumcised. These were not babies. These were grown men and there was no anesthesia. There was no numbing the pain. They felt it all. Thousands of men right in front of their enemy, literally at Gilgal, right in front of Jericho. There is no distance between Gilgal and Jericho. They see each other. So imagine the enemy that was once melting in fear now watching as the Israelites are feeling so vulnerable, so weak, so much in pain. But this is why God had to do it. All those who came out of Egypt, the men of military age died in the wilderness on the way after leaving Egypt. And all the people who were born in the pandemic, all the people who were born in the wild, in the journey out of Egypt, they had not yet been circumcised. Here they were in their 30s, 20s, and they were ready for war, but they had not been circumcised. God did this in the New Testament. It is the circumcision of the heart. It's the stripping away of all of the fleshly, worldly junk. Paul says in Romans 7, there's a battle going on between my spirit and my flesh. But thanks be to God who gives me the victory. The circumcision is for your good. God begins to strip away the need of all of the worldly stuff, what your flesh 
craves. What God was doing for Joshua and his men is he was making them weak so he could make them strong again. He needed them to be completely dependent on him. You cannot win the battle this year without the Holy Spirit. You cannot win the battle this year without God's presence. You cannot win it with your charisma. You cannot win it with your previous knowledge. You cannot win it just because you had some previous victories. We have to come into this year vulnerable for the victory. It's an oxymoron to say, get ready for the battle by making yourself vulnerable. But God knew if they made themselves vulnerable in their weakness, his strength is made perfect. See, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but those who humble themselves. I wonder if God's saying the church has to get ready for battle, but it's not just going to come through shouting. It's not just going to come through showing up. It's not just going to come from flexing your spiritual faith muscles. I wonder if God's saying, get to the altar, get on your knees, make yourself vulnerable, make yourself in a surrendered, humble posture and watch as I exalt you in the nations. Watch as I launch you into the destiny I have for you. So the Lord said to Joshua in verse nine, today I have rolled away the reproach of your past from you. So this place has been called Gilgal to this day. Gilgal became a gathering place. They would meet there every single week. Even after they conquered Jericho, they'd go back to Gilgal. It was a congregational gathering spot. It was the spot they were made vulnerable, but also the spot they got healed. It was a healing place. It was a surrendering place. It was a worshiping place. It was a praising place. It was a memorial place. They, they remembered the Passover at Gilgal. What I'm trying to say is Gilgal is victory. Every single week we come here and we lay ourselves before the altar of God and we get renewed and we get revived and remember what God has done and stir up our expectancy for what God is going to do. We fight our battles and we come back to Gilgal and we give God thanks and we give God glory and we go back to Jericho and we come back to don't miss a Sunday this year. This is the place where God is going to heal you, restore you, revive you, reemerge you into the place and to the person he's called you to be. But can I finish this? Watch what happens next. That day after the Passover, that same day, their menu changed. They stopped eating the manna they were used to, and they began to eat the produce of the promised land. God's about to start feeding you the produce of the promised land. They were no longer eating the manna that they ate in the wilderness. That year, the menu changed. Their appetite changed. God's going to stir up your appetite for the word of God. He's going to stir up your appetite for the presence of God. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and said, are you for us or for our enemies? Are you for me? Are you for our enemies? Are you for us? And the man said, neither. Because the real question is, are you for me, Joshua? I am the commander of the army of the Lord, and I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does God have for his servant? What is the word for 2021? What is the message that you have for your people? What's the message you have for your church? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. This man was not Michael, the archangel. He was not Gabriel, the angel. This man was God himself. The only other place in scripture where it says, take off your sandals was the burning bush where God 
God spoke to Moses. But now God was not in a bush. God was standing right there in front of Joshua. The same God that spoke to Moses was staring down Joshua's face. God, Jesus Christ, began to speak to him. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred. The gates of hell will not prevail against the children of God. No one could go in and no one came out. But God said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men, but you will have to battle for it. So get up and start marching. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Consistency brings the breakthrough. Start doing the thing God's called you to do. Six days. March around it. Have seven priests carry the trumpets and the ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times. Can I tell you this this year, I hear God saying, if you're going to see a breakthrough, you're going to have to get consistent in the word of God. You're going to have to get consistent with prayer. You're going to have to get consistent. Consistency brings the breakthrough. On the seventh day, on the seventh time around the march. Make a loud blast with your trumpets. Get the whole band out in front. Get the band playing loud. And when they begin to play their instruments loud, tell the entire army to give a loud shout and the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. Everyone straight in church. Stand to your feet all over this room. I hear God saying, get ready for battle because I have given you the promised land. I have given you the victory, but you're going to have to fight for it. So here's what we're going to do. If you would, just close your eyes all over this place. We're going to shout the name of Jesus over this year. We're going to sing. We're going to worship. If you will give me five more minutes of your time. You didn't come to church today just to mark it off your list, just to rush out of here and go find a restaurant, watch, watch sports. You came today to get the word of the Lord for 2021. Here it is. Get ready for battle. Get ready for battle. But don't think that the battle is going to end in defeat. Get ready to win your battle because the Lord has gone before you and he has prepared this battle for victory. God has already given you the victory with heads bowed and eyes closed. I believe God wants to circumcise hearts today. He wants to strip off every weight, every hindrance, every distraction, every feeling of shame, every regret, every shoulda, coulda, woulda. Maybe you made a mistake right before you came to church today. Maybe you said something you shouldn't have said. Maybe you thought something you shouldn't have thought. Maybe you did something you shouldn't have done. Maybe you've lost your morale. You've lost your courage. Today, it's time to get it all back. Get your mind back. Get your heart beating again. Get your life back. Get your purpose back. Get your alignment in God's word back today. In order to do it, you got to be vulnerable. You got to be surrendered with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you say, that's me, there's some things that aren't right. There's some things that need to change. There's some areas that I need to surrender to God. I want you to raise your hand all over this room. You're starting your year off in surrender. You're starting your year off in vulnerability. You're saying, Paul, I need to fast. I need to pray. I need to give some things to God. I need to lay some things down at the altar, some attitudes, some excuses, some complaining, some stuff. If you raised your hand or should have raised your hand. I'm going to ask you to leave your seat. Come find a, pl a place down at this altar. We're going to worship for a minute and then we're going to end with a shout of victory today. But as you come down, you're just saying, Lord, I give it to you. Lord, I'm releasing it to you. Lord, I'm choosing to let you have my year. I'm going to see a victory. Yeah. 
Just bring it to the altar. Bring it to the altar. Bring it to the altar. I'm gonna see your victory. believing for whatever it is you're fighting for in your finances in your health in your body your mind your spirit your relationships in your career in your dreams in your goals whatever it is you're saying God I give it to you Lord I trust you with this year see your victory a victory for the battle belongs to you Lord I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you Lord shout unto God with the voice of triumph shout unto God with the voice of praise shout unto God voice of triumph we lift your name up we lift your name up shout out to god with the voice of triumph shout out to god with the voice of praise shout out to god with the voice of triumph we lift your name up we lift your name up Gonna lift our voice in victory. We're gonna make your praises loud. Cause the enemy has been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. Gonna lift our voice in victory. Gonna make your praises loud. Cause the enemy has been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. Gonna lift our voice in victory. We're gonna make The name of Jesus has authority. It has power. Power to drive out spirits of darkness. Power to push back hell from trying to advance. So today, we're going to declare that name. 
the count of three as a church. Lord, we say it right now over addictions, over chains, over darkness. One, two, three. Jesus! Every chain is breaking, every chain is breaking, every chain is falling off at the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. There is life, there is joy, there is healing, there is hope in the name of Jesus. Just say this with me, Jesus, I surrender to you. I'm all yours. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did 2,000 years ago. You conquered it all. You purchased my victory on the cross. You died for my sins. So I repent and I receive your forgiveness. You rose from the grave. You beat death and the spirit of darkness. And you live in me. So I have the victory. I'm ready for battle. I'm ready for victory. I'm all yours, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you. God bless you. Happy New Year.